Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. And I'm Herbert Gerser, founder of HerbertGerser.com. So today, what we wanted to talk about was this idea of turning your fans, these people that are already part of your journey, and really converting them and turning them into customers. And the way that we're thinking of doing this is through webinars. And, and how can we talk about this topic? What about with an expert? So <laughs> we have brought in Lindsay McMahon. Um, Lindsay is actually based in the States, but she has an absolutely sensational podcast that you must have heard of already. It's called the All Ears English Podcast. This is something that she's very well known for. She's also very well known for her YouTube following and has really created a brilliant business. And I'm so excited to learn how she uses webinars in particular. Mm. This is a, a technique that a lot of us can apply, how she uses this technique to get more students. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank you, here. Alex and Herbert. I'm excited <laughs> to be here and happy to be on the show with you guys today. Excellent, excellent. Great. So why don't we start off with, why don't you tell us first of all a little bit more about your story? Because I think people will find this fascinating. Absolutely. So my story starts with teaching English abroad. So I taught English in Japan. I taught English in South America. I traveled around the world in my 20s. And it starts with my trying to learn languages and kind of having a hard time, right? Feeling a little bit isolated, feeling a little bit like, oh, I can't connect with people because my Spanish isn't perfect, right? You know, being on a beach in South America with all native Spanish speakers and feeling like, oh, I said the wrong thing. Um, I really want to know these people. And I couldn't, right, through that language. And, and then at that point, I said, hey, you know, language should never be the thing that makes people feel disconnected. It should be a connection peace, right? It should be the way that we connect mm. as human beings. So that's where my story starts is with my personal experience. And then, you know, my father had been a business owner. I always wanted to own a business. Podcasting was becoming popular in 2013. And I said, hey, let's start a podcast. Let's give this a try. And that's where it starts. Fantastic. And now over 1,700 episodes. Am I right, Lindsay? Yes, it's crazy. We just keep going because we love it. Wonderful. We actually love podcasting. So that is the key, right? You have to love <laughs> the way that you are marketing your business. It has mm -hmm. to be a little bit more than marketing. Right. So, yeah. Uh-oh. I'm having a hard time hearing. And, Herbert, and so can, you... can you hear me again? We'll cut this out. Okay, Alex, go ahead. Cool. I'll cut it out. Uh, I'll just give us a bit of silence. And so, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about your why, because this is obviously something that's been you know, pushing you forward. And I think this was really critical for what you wanted to tell our audience today. Yeah. So as I said in the beginning, I mean, that is my why. So as we started podcasting, you know, I realized that I really care about human connection and that language should be the way that we connect. And we should be able to connect with anyone from anywhere. Right. And so yeah. English is the tool for human connection. So that's my why. You know, every time we publish a podcast episode, I'm thinking about our listener in you know Japan who's trying to have a business call with someone in New York and they need that moment of connection. 
on a personal level and on a professional level. So we have come up with our slogan, which is connection, not perfection. And that grows, goes across everything we do, our courses, our live classes, our podcasts, our YouTube channel, our apps, everything. So that's my why. Love it. And Lindsay, and you you started off with with the podcast um, before you ever brought uh, you know offered a course. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. We launched the podcast in 2013 before mm-hmm. podcasting was cool and it was still mm-hmm. kind of nerdy and no one knew what it was. Uh, and we, I, I think in the beginning, we sold our transcripts for the first year. It was a good year and a half until we started, we actually built our first online course. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you were really focused on building your fan base and your following. Yes. This and this is the piece that I think is so important to emphasize today to your listeners is it's really hard to go from having no one following you to booking Mm. classes, right? Having students and customers, you need to build a platform, right? So you need a fan base, an audience. And so that's what we did for the first couple of years is just build the audience and take care of them, get them hooked, get them into it, offer value, offer so much value that they just keep coming back to you. And that's the way it works. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the clear things is that it's not something that happens overnight, Lindsay. <laughs> oh, no. But we all <laughs> want to think it does. So realistically, can you give us some, even some milestones that may help people feel a bit okay about doing the hard yards? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's tricky. Like I said in the beginning, I think the key here is finding a medium, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or an email, like emailing a blog that you actually feel works for your voice and your style. For us, podcasting is it. Something about being on the microphone, having banter, having conversation and chemistry between me and my Mm co-host, it is my thing. I love it. And so our (laughs) listeners hear that. So it's like the, the milestone is actually finding a way to enjoy it and know that if you can keep going consistently, Yes, you will. You will achieve that point where you have that critical audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it has to be. It has to come kind of internally from you. That's what I would say. Um, and in terms of actual milestones of content creation, I can't really give you any. It depends on the channel. It depends on your audience, your niche, right? Yeah. Mm. It's very important. The the niche. Were you able to define a niche pretty pretty quickly? Yeah. So when we first launched, uh, we were broad, you know, overall English fluency. And about a year and a half in, I made my first big hire. I hired my, who's still with me, thankfully, Jessica Beck, who is an IELTS expert. She had been an examiner for 14 years, 13 or 14 years. And so it became very clear to me when I interviewed her that we were going into IELTS right away. <laughs> Got it. Um, bec- and that was actually a very smart move because the IELTS exam is on another level compared to fluency. Right now, you know, mm. it's a tough time. People are not immigrating as much. So we were dealing with the pandemic. But in general, IELTS is a very steady market. But you mm. can't just go into IELTS if you don't know the exam, right? So she truly knows the exam. So basically, as soon as I hired her, we built an online course, our first online course. And we launched it about, it took us about five months to build the course. And meanwhile, yeah. we launched our second podcast called the IELTS mm-hmm. Energy Podcast. So we had nice. already started building our IELTS audience base well before we launched that course. Yeah. Wow. 
Smart move. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. you, were, you were probably a bit of a head of your time, right, as well. So how do you, do you feel that obviously that probably helped a little bit? And I think those that are trying to replicate might, may, may find that a little bit harder. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean by hit of my time? Like sort of just sort of, I, I, will, I will say we were early to this early. game. That's mm. what I mean. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We were early. I mean, there weren't as many podcasts in the, in Apple podcasts and Spotify. I don't think Spotify was even in podcasting at that time. Yeah. Um, so there was some advantage, but, and that got us ahead. Yes. But we continued mm. on a very consistent basis. So for All Ears English, we do four episodes a week. That has never changed. Wow. We've never missed a single episode since 2013. So Amazing. it's good to be ahead and start early, but then there are things you have to do to continue, right? To hold that out. Yeah. Consistency yes. is huge. Yeah. Inconsistency is trust. Your audience mm. trusts you because you say you're going to show up for them. So we take that mm. very seriously. I think everyone should just take that little moment just to understand what you just said there. It's just <laughs> write that down. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, fantastic point. So then, how? So this is an amazing sort of experience that you've got behind you. How does this then lead to what we're going to be talking about today, which is on webinars? Now, did you want to take us back a little bit in terms of? Are there any clarifying questions or anything you want to talk about around that why aspect? Because I think you, you nailed it in, in a couple of areas, and I'll try and paraphrase what I heard, is you found something that you loved talking about, regardless of what time of day. It wasn't a chore. It was something where you really found your voice. And so whenever you came to that show, you're always on fire, which everyone would love. And it's totally, you know, that, that draws people and draws energy. And then the other thing I... I learned from you there was how you found your medium, which was podcasting for you. And that was your jam. And that's the thing that you really spent your time. I've probably missed a few things, but are there any other kind of like practical elements that you feel that our audience should kind of take as kind of questions or, or think about? Yeah. Yeah. I think you summed it up pretty well. I think the key pieces that we should know as of now is find your medium and find mm -hmm. your message, right? So that means, again, like I said, your angle your why. What is the reason that you believe that learning English, you, how should English be learned and why? Why does it matter? Because that's going to seep into everything you do. All of your actual content for us, it's the connection, not perfection. So we bring every single episode back to connection. And then you're not staying on that technical level, right? Where it's just about the grammar. It's about mm -hmm. being a human being in the world and wanting to be connected, right? So you have to find so you have to find a medium that speaks to you and allows you to amplify your voice in a way that feels right and a message that feels right. And if you have those two, then you can be consistent. You can start to build your fan base, build your email list, which is a key piece that I think we should insert before we get into webinars, right? Mm. Email list. <laughs> so we have the vision, we have the medium, we have to start collecting emails. That's mm. how we're going to get people on our webinar. Yeah. Right? Nice. Yeah. So then let's take us to that. You've started, you've got a clear idea of what you want to do and, and how, and you've sort of started that, that journey. Mm -hmm. Now we're starting to work on that email list. Are there yeah. any, is there anything that jumps to mind about how to build that email list? And, and what are you exchanging to keep their attention? 
Yeah. I mean, over the years, we've done so many different things. This has evolved over the years, right? It's not the same mm. as it was in 2013, how you collect yeah. email addresses. In the beginning, we were doing simple ebooks, 100 most common phrases in English, and that still gets opt-ins. So we would set up that as an opt-in, a simple opt-in in exchange for their email. We'd send them the ebook, um, and that is still announced in our back episodes. And that would put them into some of our, our you know, our, uh, our systems, offer them additional lessons, that kind of thing. Uh, and then we evolved into like mini video courses, like three video courses, mini courses, that kind of thing. That worked well for a while. Nowadays, we are more in the world of quizzes. Uh, students love quizzes. They are just a lot more interesting than any video course and any ebook mm. because they find out something about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really investing in you, right? They're investing in this time mm -hmm. that you've enabled yes. them. Yeah. So we see that the opt-in rates there are closer to you know, 60%, 70%, as opposed to like a 25, 30% on an ebook or a video course. So it's very clear wow. where we should be spending our time. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so you're using these uh, email, email newsletters, or at least th those become your lead magnets. That brings people, really people opt in. Uh, are yeah. webinar, am I, I'm probably jumping ahead, but are, do webinars fit in there as a lead magnet in that same way that your quizzes do? Or what's the difference there? You could do that. So, you know, I have friends in this world that do that as the initial uh, top of the funnel. Forget it, going to get into marketing here. We'll go yeah. deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, as as the top of the funnel, I don't know if that's going to be as effective because you're asking them mm. to opt in for um, that a longer time, a longer commitment. A quiz is literally a two minute action. They get a result and then they're on their way. Um, so I would recommend starting with something more simple. But I just want to clarify when we talk about webinars, there are two types. There's live webinars and there's on demand webinars. I mean, we use both. So we can talk about both, but just let me know which one you want to get into. Um, I think the live webinars are more exciting for sure, but you need an email list and you're going to use that email list to invite them to this webinar, whether it's a live one or an on-demand one. Is there anything else people should know about the email list before we move on to talking about these two different types of webinar choices? Uh, I think just keeping your opt-in pages as clean as possible, as simple, yeah. you know, uh, very little text. Like there's a big button there and it says do this and that's what they do. Um, yeah, I think that should just be a quick, easy thing. You want to keep an eye on your conversion rates for sure and try to tweak your pages if they're not converting the way they should. Um, but yeah, I think keeping that in mind too, like we're tempted to talk about our courses a lot on the podcast, but your email list is the engine of your business. It's actually the only thing you really own, if you think about it. Even our podcast, I mean, we don't own it. Apple mm. Podcasts, Spotify, if they decide, hey, now you have to pay $3,000 a month to publish your podcast, it's done, right? So the only thing you own is your website and your email list. So don't ever forget that. Make sure you're building your, your email list. You're not building your business on Facebook, right? Or on Instagram or somewhere else. It has to be on your turf especially these days with all these uh, changes happening with social media platforms, you really want to own your data. 
Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. So you have that list. It's expensive, yeah, to host an email mm-hmm. list. But in the beginning, you know, you're going to scale your business. So it's going to make sense to have that. It's super valuable to have that email list. Yeah. Out of curiosity, with your emails, do you tend to spend much time on designing those? Or do you just use plain text and, and then with a big button in it? We keep it pretty simple. Um, We avoid like the big templates. Sometimes we'll drop in things for testimonial success stories. Like there'll be a block which has a student's photo, a quote, Mm -hmm. and a button. But we keep it pretty simple with the um, with the email list with the email format itself. Yeah. So now that we've created this, you know, this asset that you own, this email list, and Mm -hmm. we're we're building that, uh, we're fueling it with things that our audience would really love and is willing to kind of take action on. I really thought you did a great job of explaining how kind of to take nibbles at your service before you kind of take a big bite Mm -hmm. and also differentiating between webinars. uh, Actually, maybe I've sort of uh, maybe thought, thought was an easy step, but actually maybe that's, again, an investment that maybe some people aren't willing to make. So you've got that email list and now we're at that webinar list. When's the point that we add the webinar? It sounds like it's for you, it's after they've had a nibble with some of your, you know, the quiz, for example. Yeah. I mean, we kind of have them coming in to, let's just take the live webinars, for example. Now we're talking about the live ones. We do these every few months. Um, They come into the webinar from the podcast itself. So those people may or may not be on the email list yet, but they'll get on it by opting into the webinar, right? Um, Mm. Or we also send invites to our email list. And we do make announcements on social media. So it's like you've got a multi-pronged approach. When there's a big event coming up, you want to use all your channels to make sure people mm. know about it, right? Yeah. And how do you balance between um, how, how do you balance between promoting this upcoming event or promoting this thing versus, you know, again, this this attempt at trying to keep you on off offering values so that people are kind of still hooked to your, your emails and always want to open them? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, part of the thing is the webinar is valuable too, right? So the webinar, ha- in your mind, you have to, you're offering content or you're offering mm. a special teaching that you can't do on the podcast or on the YouTube because you're going into depth, you're going to need slides. Mm. They're going to learn more. So first of all, it's the way you think about it. You have to know that this is worth them coming. It's not just an ad, right? So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then having a well-organized webinar and being clear. I mean, the biggest challenge in our world, you know, language teaching is communication. It is really hard. I feel like after working in this world, I could work anywhere. I could work in marketing (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) It's really hard. You have to be so clear. And right mm. in such simple ways. I mean, Herbert and I have been talking about this for the last few months. We have to be so clear. No wordsmithing. You know, it just doesn't work as much in this world. So clarity of what's happening on that webinar is key. And, integ- you know, integrating it into the conversation. So Michelle and I, when there is a webinar coming up, we do mid-rolls, yes, which are separate from the episode, but we also talk about it together. Say, hey, Michelle, what are we talking about today? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, by the way, you know, next weekend, there's a webinar and you can't miss it. It's going to be great. And we we think it's we know it's going to be awesome. So it's worth talking about. Fantastic. So I think we're now at that stage where we can talk about the two different types, because, again, I don't think uh, certainly I think, you know, Herbert and I, we're very familiar with live webinars. We haven't mm. really thought about this on demand side. So tell us about that. 
Yeah. So, you know, and it's interesting, we've been experimenting with where to place this, right? Or whether it's even necessary. So one thing that we've seen that works, you know, in to varying results, depending on the time period, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our field is having a quiz and then inviting them to an on-demand webinar that's related to the results of the quiz, right? So this means that everything they're getting from us is cohesively designed just for their level. Mm -hmm. That's the way we've set our thing up. Um, and then in that on-demand webinar, we're going to make an offer and invite them into the course. Uh, we've been experimenting with cutting out the on-demand webinar and going directly from the quiz into the course and results are still out there. You know, we, we, we haven't figured out whether that actually works. Um, but the on-demand webinar just offers a deeper touch point, you know, Going from a quiz straight to a course might not be quite enough, especially if people don't know you. Mm -hmm. For students who know us, if there are regular podcast subscribers, it might be enough. But this just offers an opportunity to talk about your credibility, how long you've been teaching English, for them to get to know our personalities. Um, because a lot of this is is personality, right? Nowadays, there's yeah. so many schools out there. We're, we're using our personalities to invite our students in to work with us and our vision. And it feels very uh, like it feels very low risk, right? Because it's on demand. I'm I'm not having to handle kind of any. You know, if I if I'm worried about what any kind of social interaction, there is no social interaction, right? Yeah, there's not. Mm -hmm. So they are able to attend that. At a, I mean, the good news about this is that they can choose their time. It's you know it's hard yeah. when it's one or two times the live one. They have to stay up in the middle of the night to attend. That's tough. So instead, they can get a taste of us a bit more in that on-demand webinar at a time that works for them. They select their time, they show up, and then they're able to learn more with us. So, excellent. I'm interested to know, uh, I don't know if you have the statistics, but uh, live webinars compared to on-demand webinars, which one has the highest conversion rate? <laughs> I think live webinars mm. have a better, you know, looking at like from the quiz to the on-demand webinar to the course, comparing that against a live webinar, invites on the podcast, email list, onto the live, mm. I would say live and that makes total sense. I mean, sure. live is where they feel your, they truly feel your energy. You know, we're there, mm. we're there together. We're able to do quizzes, uh, polls, you know, last time we did one, we were able to pull a student up on stage and have them do oh, a role fantastic. play with one of us. And these are really cool things that are harder to do with on-demand webinars. So I think live. Got it. So maybe we, we dig into these a little bit more. Um, how do we host an on-demand webinar? Because I think people were very familiar with how they might do a live webinar. There's lots of mm -hmm. tools that are out there. But I think a lot of people might be confused about, you know, how do I take that idea of on-demand? How do I even pitch that? It sounds like a <laughs> video, but you're calling it an yeah. on-demand webinar. It's, you know, so tell me about that. Yeah, so <clears throat> you can we use uh, Easy Webinar, which is a company that specializes more in on-demand webinars more than live. And for our live ones, we're using Demio right now. Um, just side point. Um, I know people that use Ever Webinar. A friend of mine uses that for his. So what this does is it provides a way for them to ask questions in the chat box, and our team can respond, not immediately, but in email within the next 24 hours or so. So we do see the questions and we're able to get back to them. It's just not 
literally at that moment, mm. right? Okay. Um, this allows you to set it up so that they can choose a time and invites will be automatically sent out to them right before their version, their webinar is going live, right? So it's kind of a fun, more in the moment, hey, it's happening now, show up rather than just a video, right? So it's a slightly different nuance, a different feeling in terms of how it's working on their end. So I mean, it sounds more valuable as well, right? An on-demand webinar versus yeah. like mm. a video. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think there's a different weighting on the perceived value there. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, the whole point of a webinar is, you know, making it feel like the language is coming to life, right? Mm. And we want to bring them in, pull them in and create that sense of urgency um, to get students to come and join us and take that next step. So I think on-demand webinars are good because of time schedules, right? We, our students are all over the world and we cannot possibly serve them all <laughs> at the same time. So this is our solution for that. Makes sense. For someone starting out with webinars as a, a conversion tool, uh, would you recommend starting off with a live webinar? So we did not start immediately with live webinars. I would say, mm -hmm. again, build your audience. So someone will show up to the webinar, right? You need you need an yeah, audience to launch it too. Sure. Um, but I would get into it sooner than later, just because mm -hmm. we hesitated for a while. I bought a few courses, mm -hmm. learned some methods, some templates, some structures. Mm -hmm. and But in the back of my mind, I was always thinking for the first couple of years, oh, I would like to do a webinar, but I'm a little bit scared. Like I'm a little bit, you know, that's high pressure. What if the internet goes out? Or what if I say something <laughs> wrong? I was I was scared at first. Mm. And then I, I knew that was our next step to developing ourselves as professionals and converting our students. So we started doing it around, I guess, 2017, uh, about four years into our business. So we should have started earlier. Yeah. I would say start early-ish, you know? Yeah, I think that uh, that aligns with what we've found, Herbert. Like, I think we've really developed as well as our own kind of uh, confidence is sort of built on, on the podcast. Yes. And, and the same with the webinar. Like, if you start early, then it kind of becomes a lot more natural. You don't feel as flummoxed rather mm. than like, oh, no, I'll wait until I've yeah. got an audience and then I'll just start where mm. it's, it suddenly becomes quite a big step. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with having, you know, 25 people on your webinar, right? And that, you know, when you're mm. in the early stages of building your audience, because then by the time your audience gets larger, you're really ready, you know, exactly. you are there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say start on the earlier side, a more, you know, mm. put yourself into kind of more, I don't know, on stage positions, right? Mm. And you've got some very practical tips around how to make a good webinar, don't you? Um, you're yes. mentioning, we've talked about this idea of design and that kind of thing. So tell us about what you've learned and maybe even if you've got any resources where people should kind of go and look for upskilling themselves on this. But uh, I, I guess also my, my only caveat there is if you're listening here, don't feel you need to get everything perfect. You've yes. just heard what Lindsay's no. been talking about. <laughs> don't need to get everything perfect. Don't no. need to invest in everything up front. Uh, start where you're at. But Lindsay, you'll probably back that up. Uh, oh, totally. That's your, that's your tag phrase. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, our slides, for example, we use Canva and design is important, but simplicity is more important in this field, right? So not having a slide with a ton of text, but it's funny mm -hmm. that you said that because, you know, our slides have evolved and we think we've made them better over the years. But sometimes when we go back to our original slides, those 
webinars converted better, right? So <laughs> I don't know, you know, Herbert and I talk about this all the time, like the irony of what converts better. It's just crazy. It's crazy when you, sometimes there is no sense to it. But no. I would say, I would say overall, you know, slides that are well designed and nowadays there are so many it's so easy they're just mm -hmm. templates right just use templates make your template cohesive make your colors cohesive um you know but keep it simple like literally three words on a slide and a photo like that's all you need okay don't make people read your slide mm. um in terms of the structure of your webinar you're kind of building in the sales and the content into the same thing. So you don't want to feel like it's like, okay, now we're teaching. Now we're going to sell you this course. No, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're winding them together. So what one thing we like to do is we actually tell personal stories and we bring out photos of ourselves learning languages in our twenties and our, you know, whatever traveling in Europe. Um, and we tie that into our vision, you know, our method, the connection method to show why we need to learn language with real English. Like why, you know, we know the right way to do it because we've done it in our lives, right? So you're, and that is sales, but it's also content and it's also interesting. So don't make it disjointed. Like try to blend it all together. I'm not sure if that's clear. I think that was brilliantly said. Um, yeah. So we've definitely got some tips on the design and, and the kind of format. And I think interweaving your story and sales into the same piece of content. Yeah. Um, how else do you think you use the structure? Like what is, and maybe also giving some ideas on what might be a, a basic kind of technique and maybe kind of moving up the chain to some other kind of more advanced ones. Because if you're starting out, you don't want to be kind of messing with buttons and going through all sorts of things you're mm. not very familiar with. You want to slowly kind of build that confidence up in those techniques. So can you give me some examples of some techniques you use that again might sort of fit that beginner, maybe intermediate basic kind of idea. Yeah. Do you mean in terms of like the content we're putting on the slides or tactics we're using during the webinar? Oh, I like both of those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so in terms of the content, one thing I like to do, and this is so important. So students who are on your webinar, they have to feel that you understand them. I mean, this is true in any kind of marketing, mm. but especially in a live webinar, when you're going to, you're going to invite them into your course at the end, we like to do a series of slides. This is one piece of our system, right? We have multiple steps to each webinar. Uh, one of our steps is a series of three or four slides that says, do you feel overwhelmed? You know, we say something like when you type learn English into Google, you get 5 billion results. How does that, you know, how do you feel? And then we, we, we ask them, we want the goals for them to say, yeah, oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes, they understand me. This is right. This is me. And that should happen early in the webinar so that they settle in and they know, okay, I'm in the right place. I'm going to mm. choose you instead of TV or going out or another browser, reading the New York Times. I'm going to choose you for the next half hour. So that's a tactic in the actual content. And then, as I said earlier, we've been experimenting lately with polls. That's fun. Um, and, mm. and you can use the tag, you can combine the two. So if you're looking for people to say, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. You can, one of those could be an actual poll. Have you ever felt um, shy and afraid to approach a group of native speakers speaking together at a party? How many people said, yes, you share the results. You could do that in a live webinar. Um, we lately have been doing a quiz before we introduce a new idiom. 
we'll quiz them and see which of these is an actual idiom in the English language. Like we'll make up two words and then have the action and then see like a pre-quiz. That's fun. Nice. Um, and then Demio allows you to pull students on stage, like I said. And we did that with a role play. So there are ways to build out the content that you truly make it feel live. Like take advantage yeah. of the fact that you are live. Do things that make it feel live instead of just, you know, a presentation that feels like it's yeah. in a boardroom, you know? Engage people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You might as well. You have them there. Yeah. They're ready. They're excited to meet you. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Um. One of the things I know that you're very good at as well is, uh, and I guess this is something that you kind of build over time, is creating your own voice and making sure that you're consistent as well. You, you're obviously very good at come, you know, turning up consistently, but there's also something about the consistency of your message, right? 100%. Oh, my God. And I can't, and this is why we started with this, or in the beginning of this interview, I can't overemphasize this. This is everything. You know, your listeners should know that they're listening to All There's English versus another brand. It's in the words you choose. It's in your style between you and your co-host, if you have a co-host. Um, it's in your attitude. It's in your values, right? Like for us, it's a huge tragedy if a student is interacting with a native speaker and they, if they make a mistake, the tragedy is not the mistake, right? That's fine. The tragedy is when they drop their eye contact and they curl up and they back up away from that person because that's the moment that the connection is lost and that's it. Mm. It's done. Right. So that's what we're trying to avoid. And we want to empower people to focus on that connection moment, hold the eye contact, be proud. doesn't matter if you made a mistake. So we say that all the time. That's our thing. So you guys as listeners need to find your thing because that for some reason, that message just really fires me up. <laughs> really right. fires me up. So you got to figure yeah. out what fires you up and it has to be everywhere. I mean, we trademarked the slogan connection, not perfection. Trademarking <laughs> is a really smart business move mm. and it's not that expensive. It costs about $2,000 in the U S to trademark a phrase. It's very smart to do that kind of thing. So figure out what you stand for and put it in mm. your webinars, your podcasts, your marketing, everything. Would you do that early on? Because I'm also um, wondering, some people might interpret that like, oh, I need to start with the trademark before I <laughs> no. do a, a webinar or a podcast. No, 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 no. You don't have to start with anything. That's the point. Like this is not, so if you're seeing where, where I'm at, we've been in business for a long time and we're still growing, right? We have aspirations to get even better, but we didn't have all this together in the beginning. The connection, not perfection, the slogan came up organically in an episode between me oh. and my co-host. We said it. We we're like, oh, we're trying to communicate what we believed or stumbling over our words. And then it came out and we said, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's it. That's what we believe in. And then a few years later, we trademarked that and you know, took those steps when we had the capital, right? So you don't need to sit here and come up with a slogan. You actually do have to start teaching. Right. And, and interacting with students to see what is the like, what is your angle? So it's a little give and take back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Get your hands dirty first. Totally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Don't try to go and come up with something because it won't be real. Right. The only no. real thing you're going to come yeah. up with is in practice. Exactly. And Lindsay, I know that a lot of people, especially independent teachers and tutors, struggle with sales. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a big part of the, the webinar is pitching your services, your product, your, your offer, your course. Do you have any tips uh, for them? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. So yeah, first of all, don't be afraid to sell. You know, mm. if you have offered value and if you've properly created the gap between what they've gotten and what they can get. And if, you know, first of all, it starts with having a great course and you have to believe in what you're trying to sell or a method. If you're offering one-on-one -on -one tutoring, you have to believe in your bones that this is going to help them legitimately get better. That's the first thing. So then there's no problem. If you know you have a great product, there shouldn't be a problem selling it. And then once we have that mindset, it comes down tactics. You're creating that gap in their mind between the content on the webinar, what they've gotten and what they could get, right? The style, they're missing the study plan. They've got all these disconnected pieces of information and tips, but where's the plan? Where's the final exam? Like where is the protected system with a community, right? That's what you're really selling if you're selling an online course. So I would say, make sure you have a great thing to sell and it works. You'll hire good people to build these courses for you or build it. Like make sure you know what you're doing. And then you do need, um, you need some urgency, right? Like people don't take action if they don't have urgency. So we offer, we make special offers on our webinars that are really great offers. They're saving money off the price and they're getting a bonus and it's only available within one hour of the, of the webinar ending. Then nice. it's gone. Like legitimately the price goes up. They can no longer have access to that checkout page. So that's how we do it. Other people have done like, there's only a room for 25 people in this course because it's a new course, that kind of thing. But you mm -hmm. do need urgency in some form. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Urgency or scarcity. Scarcity. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's a combination of believing that you have a great course, knowing you have a great course, and using tactics that are just like, I just, we know it works. Right. And, you know, if you, if you, if you, know, you think about your students, your listeners, they're stumbling around on the internet. Are they going to do that forever? Watching free YouTube videos. They're not learning anything, right? You mm -hmm. want to bring them into your system because it has a day one and a day 30 and it's going to get them to where they need to be, especially for IELTS. People are spending a lot of money to take the mm -hmm. IELTS exam and we need to get them past it, right? Fantastic. Well, this has been an amazing uh, conversation, uh, Lindsay. We do want to respect your time. So I think this is a perfect uh, time to wrap up, Alex. Absolutely. So why don't we hear a little bit about how people can follow you, Lindsay, and see your <laughs> exceptional skills in acting? Uh, where would they find out about maybe your podcast, starting with that? Sure, sure. So guys, you can check out our podcast, the All Ears English Podcast. So if you are already listening to this podcast, then you are a podcast listener. Just go into wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, and type in All Ears English Podcast. You'll find the yellow. Uh, you know, Subscribe to us. Have your students listen to our show. It's a great free resource. If you want mm. to design lessons around the podcast, it's a fantastic way to get really, really solid material. Uh, that's the best way to find us. We're also at allearsenglish.com on the web. Wonderful. Fantastic. Herbert, where will people find you? Oh, at uh, our website, herbertgerzer.com. Fantastic. And if you're interested in an all-in-one solution for your language or tutoring business, you can check out LearnCube at www.learncube.com. But more exciting as well, between Herbert and I, we also have the Get More Students community now. It's at 
www.getmorestudents.org. Really, it's free to sign up. And what we're trying to do is help you with your marketing. Because we know that in order to get you know, your business off the ground and even use a technology like LearnCube, you actually need to get your business going and get more students. So we really hope that we can inspire you with ideas and practical information. So join that now and also subscribe today. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks all. Thank you. you Bye. Bye.